Blau und Weiß, ein Leben lang. Welcome to the Mid-Season Review, Schalke America. This is episode 144. I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Joining me as always, co-host Jack Mangan. Happy New Year, Jack. Happy New Year to you as well. And a new year with plenty of hope still on the table for us Schalke supporters, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it you is. Know, very, very much in the mix as we head into the second half of the season here. And uh, all the play for still. All to play for, exactly. And uh, this is for once, it's a nice change of pace because the last couple of years coming into this, we're like, you know, we've talked about off air. It's like, thank goodness, we needed that break. But we're actually doing well this 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 uh, season so far. And so it's good to talk about it. Uh, and it's a lot to talk about. So we're, we're not going to do this alone. Uh, we're going to bring in a guest, uh, someone who's got um, a big following, Shaka, Shaka Corner, of course. I'm bring him in right now, Cedric Zelmott. Uh, This guy is someone who we are obviously envious of, does daily contents for Schalke. So if you're not following him already, give him a follow. Welcome to the show, Cedric. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Um, pleasure to be here again. And um, I'm happy to talk with you about Schalke. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a, a change of pace now since the last time we talked, the last time we had it on our show. Uh, Schalke is playing a lot better these days. Uh, we're in the we're in the running this year for promotion, so that's a nice change. Not being at the bottom of the table. Um, how have you found Schalke life this year compared to maybe like last year? Yeah, uh, for me it's um, it's surprising that the uh, second or the zweite Bundesliga is uh, makes so much fun. Um, I thought before it um, it it will be. Uh, bad year for us, for our fans, but um, I think it's a good time. Um, I identify myself with the team again. Um, last year yeah. or, or in the first division, it uh, wasn't uh, like that. So for me, it's a good uh, start in the season and um, I like it. I hope if I didn't unmute myself there. Hey, Jack, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I agree with what he said because we kind of refound ourselves because it's for the last couple of years it's been a struggle for us and now to be able to actually enjoy the games uh it's been a nice turning point uh how have you found the last year or last six months or whatever it is this season so far compared to last yeah i would certainly agree and i think some of that was aided by um how much of a clean slate it was in terms of the, squ the squad rebuild and you know some changes in leadership and everything so um I mean, you mean you mentioned like not identifying with the squad as much in, in in the first division. It's easier to kind of transition back and do uh, some good feelings in that direction when so much of the team just leaves, <laughs> and there's like an entirely new roster of players. Um, and, and for me, that's been like the highlight. I feel like I, I think Schroeder's done a really nice job with um, the people that he's brought in. I feel like we absolutely have the personnel uh, to get promoted. Uh, it's just a matter of kind of unlocking the potential of that group and um, you know making the right things happen and. It's you know it's it, it we're in the mix and so it's still been entertaining right I mean it's been it's been watchable football for the most part obviously I mean we've had a, you know a couple seasons where it's been pretty brutal at times even if we're even if we're winning games it's just it's not attractive to watch and I, I think it's certainly been uh, an improved brand of football to, you know to see on a week to week basis and um, the fact that there's results coming forward is just kind of the cherry on top so yeah it's been a much much better season for me much more enjoyable. Yeah, and I think because, uh, you know, also not be able to identify the team because you mentioned it, so many new players on the team, which I didn't know the statistic until a couple of days ago, but of the top 10 team, top 10 profits made from the offseason, Schalke were 10th, 38.8 38 million euros they made because of all the sales that they had. They had to, right? We had to re offload a bunch of players, bring in a bunch of new ones, Roven Schroeder doing a bunch of magic. Um But yeah, it's been an interesting season. We knew Svita Liga was going to be difficult, right? It's It always is. And uh, what we saw is a bunch of teams that were going to be in the mix of the running before we even got involved or any of the Bundesliga clubs. Uh, but we, you know, we're, we're currently fourth place, uh, 30 points. Not bad. Uh, I mean, Cedric, going into the season, did you think we would have a, a strong chance at getting back promoted? Or you think it was going to be a year of... More struggles, and before or or now? 
Before the season, before, uh, the, before, season. before the season, yeah, yeah, before the, uh, the season, I thought it it uh, maybe we can go to third division because um, it it was um, yeah, it was hard. We we lost our completely uh, squad and um, we changed everything. And um, maybe it's good. Maybe, but maybe when when you um, make the wrong decision, um, you can go um, to to third division. Um, but when you uh, when you uh, when we saw the the first games, um, I think that um, everyone everyone was clear that um, this doesn't happen. And um, for me now, um, it's only the thing that we go up to the first division. Yeah, Jack. Uh, I think we kind of share those sentiments. Is that we didn't know what to expect, right? We didn't know that the players are going to work or not. Yeah, we we knew that guys like Toroto was coming in and some other guys, but. We didn't know if it was going to work, and there was a strong potential that we could have got relegated once again. I mean, we, it was yeah. so many unknowns. Yeah. I mean, as somebody who's watched uh, the Netflix series, Sunderland Till I Die, the, uh, I mean, yeah, the, the specter of, of, a, of a double relegation in, in division, I didn't want to think about that too, too much, but, you know, technically it's there. I and mean, when you have an entirely new squad and, um, and a manager that uh, you truly really don't have much of a handle on, because, I mean, what was Gramatis really supposed to do? Um, on the back end of of the previous season, when he got a, a, a you know appointed, he doesn't he's not really in um, in a position to um, impact things that much. Um, yeah, there's a lot of question marks. You don't know how it's going to pan out. But I mean, the one thing we we did know, as as we've said repeatedly, is that this was not going to be a cakewalk. It's not going to be a situation where you're going to go down into the spite of Bundesliga and then um, pop back up easily and immediately necessarily. It was going to be a slog. And yeah, I mean, so there's there's different ways of looking at it. It's you know, it's on one uh, one way is we're we're tied on points for third place, and another is that we're also tied on points for like sixth place and a result away from ninth place. Or something you know what I mean? Like it, the table is so tight and it's so congested, and that speaks to once again just kind of level of the competition, and even the you know the team that's you know clear so to speak is, is really only two results. It's not like they have you know a you know a twelve point lead or something like that. It's 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 two two matches, two quick wins. It's six points between. Um, some poly and, and where we are. So um, that's what yeah. I meant at the top is just, you know, still a lot to play for. I mean, in, 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 in both ways, this could get, you know, pretty for us or it could get ugly for us, like pretty quickly, depending on how we, how we start off um, when we return from the break here. So, um, you know, like I said, a lot of hope, but a lot of anxiety too, because you, you're still not <laughs> sure about how it's going to go. Yeah. I, and I think Cedric, I think he hit the nail on the head because it's so tight right now, and a couple of results can really swing you either to the top or further down the table. And Jack and I kind of set this timetable of the next few games up until uh, February 14. If we start at those games really great, we're going to be mm -hmm. doing well. If we struggle, it may be a long season. And um, what are your thoughts on the season so far? Obviously, we're in the mix, right? It's obviously a positive result. Um, but again... A couple of results. If we don't start out the uh, the rook runda hot and heavy, we could be in a a mid table position really quick. Um, yeah, for me, it's uh, the the first uh, half of the season was um, uh, development. Um, we saw at the first um, a completely new team. Um, they have to find each other on the field. And um, I think Ramos is in the in the in the first uh, games he. He he was looking like a good um, defending squad, so um, that the team is very um, has has a good stability. And um, after that, um, there was a short um, short time uh, after the game against 1860 or um, or the other games um, where we haven't this um, stability anymore. And the last games of the uh, of the first um, half of the season were very good in the offensive um, and very good um, defensive. So we have a good um, and now we have a good um, 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 I'm. A word is missing for me, but it's yeah, um, yeah. Um, we we have uh, both both sides. We have a good offensive balance. Yes, that's what I mean. Yeah. And um, we can we can um, we can now go in the in the second half with a with a good de developed team. And um, 
Yeah, I hope we we play like uh, Nuremberg and um, the other um, yeah like HSV before, and when we go like that in the in the second half of the season, then we then we play good football. I think. Yeah, it's been a it's a it's been a crazy up and down season. I mean, consistency is what we're looking for, right? And um, not seeing my face is another thing. <laughs> uh, but look, I mean, you look at some of the scores from this season. We obviously started the season on the wrong foot, right? Losing to Hamburg. Um, but we followed that up quickly with a win against Holsten Kiel. Um, had some decent results until we played Jan Regensburg, a, a team that always starts out very well. They they demolished us and it kind of demoralized us there. But then we got we got our foot back on track, got some wins, um, lost to Karlsruhe. Uh, but lately, it seems like we're starting a little bit more consistency. Uh, it helps being out of the Pokal. I mean, losing to 1860 was not a good thing there, but... Yeah, that was the stretch of the season where things got dark because mm-hmm. we lost that game that I think we lost like three consecutively. We had yep. the Sandhausen result to bounce back and then, you know, some poly again. So I think we, what was that, like four out of the five yeah. Yeah. games where we lost? Yeah, that was where I think, you know, yeah. a lot of the harder questions were being asked for sure. Yeah, that Sandhausen game I think was big, getting five goals against them. We said, Cedric, I know in our show we said that, you know, we had to win against Sandhausen because they were at the bottom of the table. And if we ever had any chance of promotion this year, we'd have to win that game. Did you feel that game was important for us to win as well? Yeah, very important. You see, um, before we have bad results. And for me, it's uh, like a turning point because after the game um, uh, of Sandhausen, we we have a, a great win against Nuremberg. And um, I think San Pauli and HSV were uh, good games too. Um, maybe we don't win both games, but... Um, they are both uh, teams uh, which uh, want to go up and um, we we i think um, against san pauli it's uh, bockstaller was the f- uh, key factor that they win the game and we play in the front with dadashov and um, not with terode for example so for um, the the game we uh, the the that what we play against san pauli for me it's um, with the terode you can win the game yeah, and those dark times. You mentioned Toroda. When he went down, we were worried. What, how are we going to score? I mean, yeah. for the most part of the season, it was him and Boulter, which was nice when they're healthy. But we, we even said at the beginning, of the, we, we remember from last year when uh, Harit and uh, Serdar, they started scoring so well in the first half of the season. And we're like, what happens if they go down or they stop scoring? Who else is going to score? And we found out nobody, right? And so that was our fear. We had this v- very recent history about what happens if we don't have backup scorers. So when Toronto went down, we were really unsure. And I think guys like Thomas Oyan stepped up and some of these other guys, Salazar kind of really emerged mm-hmm. into the into starting position, uh, really helped the team stay consistent. And I think we started to find our offensive philosophy when Toronto went down because we were so heavily dependent on him, Jack. Yeah, yeah. and I, I guess I would – the only spot where I'd kind of disagree with – or just kind of not differ from Cedric's take. It's just that for me, in terms of my confidence levels, I'm probably a little bit less confident in us offensively, even though like from a, I mean, the underlying numbers I think are good. I just think there's a lot that's a little bit more unconvincing on that side of the ball. I have a lot of confidence in us at the back. um, As long as we keep that, you know, that main three uh, healthy. Um, I mean, they've been excellent all season. Um, but the, the one thing that is positive is, you know, some of these absences and injuries and, and suspensions and other things that have taken place have actually allowed us to get um, a decent look at a number of other guys who probably wouldn't be the starters. But now we have confidence in some of them and know that, you know, if something does happen, if Toronto goes down again, you know, if Bolter is out again, if, you know, Paulson, you know, gets a red card or, you know, something, something along those lines um, or if Denny Lotsa can't stop. I mean, we, we know that there's all these people that, that, that actually can put in good performances and contribute. Um, and so we have some different options and at least like a decent, like uh, plan B in some situations. So that's kind of been like the big positive for me in terms of the first half is um, really getting that knowledge of the squad in different situations with different combinations. And, and hopefully now we can put that into a good effect in the second half. And if we do come into situations where we have, um, you know, some people missing, it's it's less guesswork and it's more like we have some tested formulas and we know kind of what yeah. to go to. So that's going to give us a better chance. Yeah. Uh, Cedric, so far on the first half of the season, what's been going good for us? What you, I mean, what players do you think we're good? What, what do you think has been going really well for us so far this uh, first half of the season? Um, yeah, like Jack um, said, I think the um, tree in the back are very good. Like uh, Itakura, it, he is... Uh, 
a great um, a great player for us because um, like day one he, he he plays every game very very good. The last games he scored goals. I think Kaminski is for me a bit like Nastasic. Um, he he's on the left. He's um, yeah he he he. Um, He's not the player to watch, but um, that was he, what he makes is always uh, okay. It's always good. Good passes, and Chao, yeah. And Chao is a good, good talent. So um, it's it's um, the the three um, are very good for me. Parson is a very good player. Um, I I I don't expect it, um, it um, when we when we buy him because I thought yes he he just played second division. He's he's a bit of old and. Um, But when I when I saw him, I knew um, that he can um, give us on the center back um, the, the the tacklings that we need to to, to get the ball back and um, to to have their uh, good stability. And um, I think Terodden make um, the same like in HSV or Stuttgart or Köln. So um, he plays uh, like like the same in the second division, and it's uh, very good to have a. a, a, a A player in the front that can score goals. Um, I think um, we we have a good stability behind and we have a good mentality, um, and that are the points um, that are good for us. Yeah, I mean it's been nice. It's been a couple of years since we've had a, a proven goal scorer that we could rely on, right? It's probably since Huntelar that we had the first time around that we had someone that we could really depend on. Um, not necessarily to get all the goals, even though he was in the beginning of the season. Uh, but it's, at least we feel more comfortable that someone can score. Last year, we didn't know who was going to score outside of you know Harid or Serdar. So uh, it's a nice change of pace. I think for me, Thomas Oyan was a big, nice surprise. I, w I didn't know really anything about him. And he's done what we were looking for for a while now, right? Since probably Ochipka's early start of the career with, with Schalke, uh, getting down the left-hand flank, maybe even back to... Um, Uh, Seo's uh, when he was first time with Schalke, someone going down the left-hand side, providing crosses, providing offensive spark. Um, I then getting him some of the young guys more pitch time. Him, I then Idrizi, Cherlinov uh, was a nice surprise as well. I think, and I, I agree with you guys. I think the back three, uh, they've been really the 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 core of us this year. They've been consistent. They've been good. And the million-dollar question now with Salif Sane coming back. Does he take one of those guys' spots? I mean, like those guys are all playing well. It seems unfair if they one of those guys lose their spots. Uh, Cedric, your thoughts on does Salif Sane take somebody's spot, or does he have to sit and wait for one of these guys to mess up? Yeah, I think um, Kaminski will um, will not play because of the coronavirus. Um, so he, I think Salif Sane has a good chance chance to play in the next game and. We know when he's uh, fit, he can play um, good in the Bundesliga. So I think in the second division, he makes it also good. Um, we can talk about maybe um, if Zane comes in the team, if maybe Itakura goes uh, in the middle field, in the midfield. Um, it's it's an option. Yeah. Um, But I think when Salif Sane is fit, you have to put it, uh, put him on the team. I think maybe he's a bit better than Kaminski um, for me. Jack, uh, it's funny, you know, Salif Sane is also one of our best strikers, apparently, too. We saw that in the last game where he was really good at striker. But you and I also talked about maybe uh, not changing the back three, but putting Salif Sane in the midfield, right? Because he was a holding midfielder for Hanover back in the day. What are your thoughts on Salif Sane and where he could fit or not fit in the back three? Well, uh, yeah, obviously his his highest level of usefulness is as a you know aerial threat super sub uh, late in games, just throw forward and try to get on the end of some of those long balls and in corners and everything. Um, yeah, I think the point that Cedric brings up is actually really interesting because if there was a, a guy in the back three that you think is probably the most likely to be replaced by Sane, probably is Kaminsky. And the fact that Kaminsky is, might not play the game, and so you're going to get that direct comparison immediately. You know what I mean? Like, Kaminsky's out. Let's see how the team looks with Sané in, which is kind of the change that you'd be making. So that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out if it goes down that way and Sané gets to start. Um, but, I mean, yeah. I mean, you would, you would think that Sané would probably 
slide back into the starting lineup. But I mean, Kaminsky's been better than I expected that he would be. Um, yep. I think he's generally very solid uh, defensively. He's not often getting exposed. There's not a lot of moments in matches where you're like, wow, he really got burned there. Or he, you know, he misjudged that. Yep. Um, and then on, on, you know, in possession, he's been um, very good at times and he's, you know, scored a couple goals, um, had that big winner, didn't he against uh, who was that? Like in the 90th minute, I forget what game that was. Um, oh yeah. Was that, can't remember now. Doesn't, doesn't matter. Anyway, I mean, like, yeah. so he's he's had some moments. He's played some really nice passes. So he's he's. I think it would be a little bit harsh on him. Like he certainly doesn't deserve, um, to to be dropped if that were the case. But uh, you know, the more options we have, the better, in my opinion. And as you mentioned, like, yeah, you know, if if, if Paulson's injured or something, you could put Salif Sane potentially, uh, kind of at the base of that midfield, and presumably he could do that role. You know equally well um yeah. maybe so we'll, we'll see there's definitely definitely a lot of options there um i hadn't really considered itakura moving further up but now we've seen uh, his abilities to link in the final third as well with uh you know the yeah. goal that he scored pretty late on so that was uh that was nice, nice. That, that's this is the point i'm trying to make is we have we have options now like you know the, the squad maybe slightly thin still in some places, but we've seen enough rotation where I think we have um, confidence that, you know, pretty much anywhere if somebody drops off, there is a, a reasonable solution that you're not upset about. At least you're not like, Oh God, like this guy's yeah. in the starting lineup, you know, even Ranful, who I was critical of early on has put in better performances kind of later on in the season. So you have a decent confidence level amongst a lot of the, a lot of the squad. Well, that's interesting. Interesting transition. We bring in Ranful and and some thin spots. Let's talk about what's not worked so well this year, right? Um, being thin is one, right? I think the striker position we found out up until recently, we thought it was a big struggle for us because once Toroto and Bolter were out or struggling, what was going to happen there with the striker position? I think what we found at the very end was that putting Peringer and Cherlinov together actually worked very well. It was a nice B complement to Toroto and, and Bolter. Uh, Cherlinov, we wanted to see, I wanted to see a lot of this year and I kept wanting to, I kept screaming for him to be on at the top of the, the striker position with, with Perringer and it finally worked out and it, it, it looked nice. Um, not gonna take any kind of credit for that, but, uh, there's a lot that's not gone well this year. Cedric, you know, yeah, we've, we've done well so far, but what's not worked for you? What do you want to see us do better in, or, or where do you think we need to get maybe more players? What are your thoughts? Um, I think um, offensive uh, processes like um, uh, moving and combinations on the field, I think yeah. that is missing a lot. And um, when we when we see the um, the, the starting squad, I think um, that um, we have three players for me. Maybe um, they aren't good to um, go to the first division. It's um, maybe the goalkeeper. Um, the player uh, behind Zalaza on the midfield. I'm not talking about Parson. I, I think the player um, next to uh, Zalaza. And um, on on right back, we have some problems with Ramftel. Aydin um, has some good games, but also some bad games. He's a young player. But for me, these are our um, players uh, to watch on the uh, transfer market um, at the moment. Those interesting points, Jack. What are your thoughts on where we need to improve on this second half? Yeah, I mean, I, lar I largely agree with those takes just now. Um, I think something else that you and I have talked about a lot over the course of the season um, is just uh, the lack of ideas sometimes in possession. Uh, when we actually get into sort of a, a set uh, shape in possession, we're trying to work things. There just doesn't seem to be a lot of... Um, as much off ball movement as you want in any sort of like set move. You know what I'm saying? It's just, there just seems to be very little structure and very little direction from yeah. um, Gramatis in terms of like how they should actually go about trying to um, create the openings for themselves and, and negotiate their way through. It, it really seems that a lot of our, our strength in the team is either um, set pieces or uh, you know, a transition yeah. and, and you know, those, some of those counterattacking moves, once things open up, and there's not we don't get bogged down in these structures. Then you actually start to see, I think, you know, the quality of these players and, and the ability to um, improvise and, and move around and everything. But too often, our, our our default shapes don't allow them that freedom or you know the creativity or whatever the situation is. And so um, that's kind of been the thing throughout the entire first half of the season that I just don't feel like has improved at all, which is why I've been a little bit cr critical of Gramatis, despite the fact, once again, he has us tied for third place. Um, yeah. So we're very much yeah. in the mix. I'm not trying to be like overly critical, but that's kind of like a part of our game that I feel is largely the, the coaching responsibility. 
like we have we have the personnel they, they show it in other moments so to me it's like you have to have the coach has to be able to provide those ideas to the team and i just don't think that's been there and i think we've talked about so. this right we've talked about how so much this year we look like we just didn't know what you were doing offensively right the, the back two-thirds of the pitch we seem good once we get to the final third we don't know what we're doing in there we often don't get many shots out there and it seems funny because the hamburg match the last game of the of the Hinrunde for us we actually look very good offensively, right? And I think it's as a result of Toroda and Bolter being injured, we had to find new ways to try to create offensive opportunities. And in that Hamburg match, we were creating a lot of opportunities. We just weren't scoring, right? It's the first game we had tons of, we had like 29 shots or something crazy, but nothing was on target. And the problem was the opposite up until that point. So maybe we're starting to find a groove offensively. I don't know, but I agree with that point 100%. Yeah, I mean... I- Cedric, I guess I would just ask you, like, how have you felt um, the attacking football that that phase of our game has been? I mean, I mean, everything has been bad the last couple of seasons. We've had plenty of games where we've chipped a lot of goals as well. But um, for me, it's just like we've had we've had nothing going forward. It's certainly been better this season. But I mean, would you do you th- see things differently in terms of, I guess, the job that Gramatis is doing in that phase of the game? Um, I think we have um, improved um, when we saw the last season, but um, it's it isn't very uh, very hard to improve there. Um, but when we see, um, I think my problem is um, in the midfield. Um, a long time in the season, we have just one player on the midfield that um, bring the ball to the front. Uh, for me, it's Salazar. Because Paulson is uh, the guy who um, who is uh, in the defensive. He he look um, he look um, not not for the front. Um, he he brings uh, he brings not the ball to the front. And when he he does it, maybe he dribbles and uh, lose the ball and um, make a tackling and maybe he get the red card. Uh, but um, the player behind him, um, there is. Um, they are. They haven't too too much speed. Like yeah. for example, Drexler or Latza. Um, I think that is missing. Um, they can't um, bring the ball with a dribbling to the front. And yeah, this this is a point that um, I I'm missing in our game. Um, and Salazar in the in, in the in the first matches, he he wasn't also um, as good as he is now. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is really the problem in the in the first um, of the season, and I think not um, that Terodde um, is, is losing in the in the last games. I think that Idrisi, um, a player, um, he has uh, this ability to to bring the ball to the front with speed, with dribblings. Um, he he fulfills the position very very good, and he makes that what I want to see. Mm-hmm. Maybe we maybe we can find a player um, who is better than uh, Idrisi, but I think Idrisi um, has the abilities to for the system of um, of Gramotzis to to bring um, our offensive um, back to the pitch. Yeah, I think it's interesting because Jack and I we talked about how. Many of us, and maybe just me, <laughs> we all thought, or I thought that Salazar would be like our 10, right? A number 10, the attacking midfielder. And he's more of a box-to-box midfielder. He plays that role very, very well. Uh, he's good going forward. He, he hustles backwards. He puts in a lot of effort in a game. So you, we, we think that he's probably a sure fit for the, the starting 11. The question was always mid, the two in the midfield, right? Who would be next to him? Um, and for a while, Salazar wasn't even in the picture. It was Latza and Drexler and whoever or Paulson. And we kind of lean towards Drexler a little bit because he's done some good things. But uh, you're right. There's no one creating the offensive spark, not like Amin Harit had done in the past. Um, and so Idrizi showed us some glimpses in that last game that were like, okay, maybe he has that potential to be a partner for Salazar because Salazar gives you the box to box and we just need someone to go forward while you have Paulson in the back kind of um, slowing things down. So Jack, that midfield needs some work or, or at least better play for or maybe Adrizi stepping up more than he already has. Yeah. So what I would say is I, I think I do rate Drexler a little bit higher than, than Cedric does, but I agree that the ball progression element of his game is lacking and we do need somebody else centrally who can provide that on a more consistent basis. Cause it's, it's basically always, always solid. Sorry. He, I mean, he just kind of runs himself ragged. 
um, which I think over the course of games probably hurts his decision making in the final third too, just because he's just like you know exhausted and just constantly trying to make things happen. Um, I, I think yeah, I think Drexler's best actually he's the, the the times where I feel like he does his best work is actually when he gets wide. Um, kind of on like Bolter sides when Bolter kind of yeah, dies yeah, back yeah. more central and like Drexler can play some nice balls from that area um, and, and stuff. But I yeah I, I agree that like in terms of his actual ability to to drive things forward centrally, it's it's lacking. And I, I think it, my my follow up question to Cedric was going to be okay. So is there a guy in the squad that you think can fill that role? And he you know he mentioned uh, Idrizi, and that's what I thought was interesting is that you know Richard, you and I have talked about a lot that we expected some of these you know youth players who had gotten some looks towards the end of last season to be more involved in the squad than they were. We didn't see a almost at all this season until kind of later on, which I was surprised about yeah. um, specifically for those reasons. So yeah, I think you and I've said that like, yeah, maybe, maybe a can start getting that um, su- super sub role kind of like, you know, 60th minute if we're chasing the game and need a little bit more offensive spark. Maybe he's the guy that comes in centrally to help provide that. Um, yeah. Maybe he ends up getting the starting job as well. Overall. Um, I-, I think, I think Drexler provides some nice balance, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think there's there's room there's room to improve, particularly going forward. And um, I would love to see guys like Adrizi get um, more opportunities than they had in the first half of the season. And I'm glad you brought up the younger players because we we I, I agree we we wanted to see the younger players get more opportunity. Iden's got some opportunity this year pretty, fairly consistently. Um, Idrizi not so much. You know, Chan Bazdawan kind of got out of the picture. Obviously, Katuchu did as well. He got he got rid of we got rid of him. Um, and so we had high hopes that it would be Malik Tiao and Timo Becker leading the way because both those players are probably our better players last year. Uh, and then this year happened and Timo Becker is nowhere to be found. Cedric, we don't know what's going on with, with him. I mean, maybe you get better insight being in Germany, but what's going on with Timo Becker? Why hasn't he been in the starting 11 picture as much as we had hoped? Um, I think Timo Becker is for a lot of fans um, a very big um, figure to uh, identify um, because when we go um, to the second division, um, everyone can um, can see it f- uh, in front of his eyes that he um, yeah was crying at the stadium and. Um, he he was with the fans in the north cover celebrating um so he he's he identifies him, himself um with the club um very very much but for me when when he gets he he don't get many chances um this se- uh, season but when he get for me it it wasn't very good um i think maybe he need to um, a bit um, practice um, more more ga- game practice um, maybe in the in the um, in the second squad mm, to get yeah. um, to get um, himself back to the to the front uh, to the to the first um, squad and so I can I can uh, understand Gramotzis uh, when you when you just uh, saw him on on the fi- on the field. Yeah. No, I agree about that. And I think, Jack, um, well, one, we thought he was going to be one of our top options on the right-hand side, and he really is third in the pecking order behind Ranfel and Iden. Um, It seems like, Jack, whoever we kind of pull for on this podcast, they seem to be shipped to the asylum or to exile, right? So maybe we should start cheering for Mendel or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but... Uh, yeah, it's that's an interesting point on Timo Becker there, Jack. Um, it just it's a, it's been something that's been head scratching for us because we had such high hopes for him, like uh, we, like we said. Yeah, I mean, it's not surprising that he's not getting looks at at center back or anything, given how how good those guys have been and the fact that he wasn't always really in that role anyway. But yeah, it was just it was just always surprising because as we said, I I felt like him and and Malik Chow were fairly convincing in at, at a Bundesliga level. Um, relative to the rest of the squad throughout some of those bad performances. And so it was just very surprising that he wouldn't be able to continue those kind of performances in the way that Malik Chow has. Um, and the fact that we haven't seen him at all, I don't, that's why I feel like there, there has to be something else kind of going on behind the scenes because it's, it's not even like he's, he hasn't gotten that many substitute appearances or anything. And especially when you look at that sort of like right wing back role, um, how many different guys have been there and how much rotation <laughs> there's been in there. Yeah. It's surprising that Timo Becker hasn't even featured there, really, given how, how many people are coming through that kind of re- revolving door. You've had Sherlinov there. You've had Ranfel there. You've had Aiden there. You've, I mean, there's people that are, that are getting looks there. So the fact that he's just been anonymous has been um, surprising. But, you know, 
we'll see how that goes. And worst case scenario, injuries come, something like that. There's another piece of depth potentially that you you know would at least be open to see and get an opportunity. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I feel you. I feel like you and I like clearly you and I have different judges valuations of player performances because this happens a lot with us with the I know. players. I mean, like Katuchi and their guys. You're right. So it, it's yeah. I, maybe I'm crazy. I don't know. I, but I think he's deep. Hamza Mendel, free Hamza Mendel. <laughs> um, before we get into some of the, the predictions for the second half of the season, uh, I want to get, well, at least want to get Cedric's thoughts on Gramozzi's. He has obviously improved us defensively, and we're obviously in the running for the promotion right now. But at times this season, it looks like he's been lost. Um, and it was important for him to end the, end the hindrance on a good run, which he did, uh, to get us back in the third position. But now it's a very if, – if we were going to make a manager move, it was going to be now, right? And we didn't, that didn't happen, obviously. So that means Roven Schroeder is going to go with him. But I imagine the string – he's going to have a short leash, meaning a few games. If he doesn't do well, he could be gone quickly because – Honestly, if you don't make the move by early February, what's the point? Because it's already too late. What are your thoughts on what Gramosius has done this season? And um, yeah, just wh- how, you, how do you feel on him? Um, yeah, I have I um, have um, the same questions for me, um, especially before the Sandhausen game. Um, I'm there was a time where I think, um, okay, we lost now our defensive uh, defensive stability and um, everything um, which Gramozzi stands for, we have lost in the last games. And um, I was thinking before the break um, for the national team that we can um, change him um, on, 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 on this time. But after that, he wins against Sandhausen and um, play very good game against Nuremberg. And yeah, now um, it's he have to um, get uh, a serious. He have to win a lot of games um, so that we um, go in a good position for the end of the season. That we can, um, um, yeah, that we can um, play against uh, some Pauli and the other hard games, and mm-hmm. um, we can play with confidence uh, in the last games. And I think when he yeah, when he lost um, one game, it's it's not um, he, it's it's not so bad for him. But when he lost more than uh, yeah. two or three games, it it, it uh, will be very uh, difficult for him. Yeah, Jack, and it's uh, interesting run of fixtures here to start off the Rook Runda. Um, so we got Holstein Kiel coming up next Sunday, followed by Al Regensburg and Dusseldorf. So I think those are going to be some tough games to see really what. Gramozis is made of and Schalke is made of. Um, what are your thoughts on like? I, I I know you said your confident level before before we went on the break that it was better because we had done better against uh, Hamburg and and Nuremberg. Um, coming now out of the break and I mean you can take the friendly aside because nobody really judges those. How are you feeling with those four games? The the so someone I guess you can call a gauntlet coming up ahead. Yeah, it's it, the, the start that we have to the second half of the season is going to be crucial. Um, if if yeah, if we drop a couple games, um, it's going to be catch up mode, and we're going to have to put we have to be excellent, you know, the rest of the way. And if we get a you know a couple good games in, then we have some cushion to play around with in case we have additional injuries and, and some of the things like we've seen um, in the first half of the season. Uh, yeah, my, my default standing I think is still very much that I think we have the personnel to get promoted. I believe in the talent that we have in the squad. I think there's enough pieces there to get us over the hump. I have. Um, slightly less confidence in in Gramatis's ability um, to give the squad what they need to actually achieve the results that we're going to need to get promoted. But at the same time, I mean, like once again, we're in the mix. We're very much there. Um, you know, we we had two points kind of stolen from us. Was that the was that the Bremen game? I forget. Yeah, uh, you know, like the ghost penalty. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's things that have gone. I mean. Could have even been better in that regard. I mean, so we're there, we're, we're thereabouts, and so it's difficult to pull the trigger. I understand why Gramatis is still here. Um, you know, from Roven Schroeder's perspective, like he, he, I mean, he hasn't been bad enough to, to get rid of. Like the team yeah. is still, yeah. The problem, though, I think at the same time is now that we're this deep into the season, 
I think we've almost kind of missed the window of opportunity to get rid of the coach and have it really actually affect anything and, and get the yeah. results. Cause there's not, there's not going to be a lot of time left. If we get four or five games into the second half of the season and then we fire Gramatis, then the, you know, a new guy has to come in. It's going to take several, several match days for him to implement anything. And then, yeah. you know, it's just kind of, what's the point. So at this point, I think, you know, we're kind of riding or dying with, with Gramatis. And I hope that over the, over the winter break, he's, he's come up with a couple you know, new ideas, um, some other things to try and, and see if we can get that extra, you know, 10%, five, 10% out of the squad, which is, I think, what we need to get over the hump. Because once again, generally the underlying numbers on, on both ends of the pitch are, 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 are good. Um, it's just, uh, there's just that little bit lacking for me at the moment. And to be fair, Rovin Schroeder is riding or dying on Gramotis at the moment because for all the good that, Gram- uh, that Rovin Schroeder has done this year, I think he's been phenomenal for what he's done with upheaval changing the team everything but you know ultimately you're judged on whether you get promoted or not you know and so that comes down to whether Gramozis makes it or not and you can have discussion if we get promoted whether Gramozis is the right man for the Bundesliga but that's another story the main main focus right now is getting promoted and see what what can happen here under under Gramozis lost my earpiece there uh so while we are looking ahead to the next or second half of the season real quick Goals of the season. We had some really nice goals this year. Much more to choose from than last year. Last year, there was very difficult to find some goals. We probably had like five goals in the first half of the season, it feels like. Um, I know one goal sticks out for me, and I'm going to wait because I'm, I'm sure you guys probably have the same one. But Cedric, for you, what was your best goal of the season so far? For me, uh, clearly the hiding goal with the karate kick. <laughs> it's uh, very, very nice. Yeah. Jack, is that going to be your answer as well? It, that was the most spectacular goal for sure. Yeah. Um, and that was one of the ones that was in contention for me because he picked that one. I'll pick a different one. Um, for me, I actually, I'm actually going to go with, I think it was Tarada's second goal against Dusseldorf, which I think was maybe our third goal in the match. But it's a goal that kind of just comes from nothing and to me sort of epitomizes what Tarada brings at his best, which is what we've been missing so much. So like that's a that's a ball that kind of just gets lofted kind of to the top of the box in the center of the defense. And he, you know, has his back to goal, uses his body, boxes out the defender, plays it off his chest, turns and just immediately like fires, like in kind of like one fluid motion um, to bring the ball in, turn, get the shot off. And he just drains it. Um, and it was that kind of thing. You're like, wow, how great is it to have a competent striker actually on your team for once? Like somebody that can do those sorts of things with that kind of so you nice. know, authority and, and lack of hesitation. Um, so yeah, that would be uh the one for me is I think it just kind of epitomizes what Toronto's all about. And he's been a good playmaker too. It's not just like, he, like he's going for goal, right? He's actually been better playmaker than Boulter. Boulter's mostly going for goal uh, than not. Um, obviously, the Iden goal is the best goal of the, of the, of the first half, but I'm also going to go differently just to be a different flavor here. And for me, uh, not necessarily the best goal, but a big goal, I think, was when Toronto finally broke the record. Because we kind of joked about it and didn't think it was going to happen, but it kind of did happen where once he tied the record, sometimes we see in other sports when a player ties a record, to break the record is so hard they think about it too much and they can't score anymore. And we saw that with Toroto for a while. Granted, nobody was passing to him well. They didn't, we didn't play well together. But when he finally got the goal, I said, okay, whew, forget about that. Now we can focus on playing well. So it was nice that he finally broke the record and we can get stop thinking about it and just focus now on his game. So... That's going to be my my shout, but I agree. I then that goal was <laughs> the karate kid. It was beautiful what he did there. So uh, uh, sensational karate kick volley that uh, you don't see very often. So uh, that's good. That's good. Let's go. Uh, moving on. Let's see. Uh, ooh, ideal starting 11. Um, this is an interesting topic, and I think we're going to be, for the most part, the same. Um, but... I'm curious to see what everyone's what thoughts are on the start on the start. Yeah, I, I think we're going to be very similar. So Cedric, why don't you just take it away? Give us your ideal starting 11. And if there's any revisions or like, you know, other changes or suggestions, we'll, we'll kind of comment at the end, but I'm sure we'll probably be pretty lockstep. Okay. Um, then I have Freisel on the, as, as a goalkeeper, uh, left back, Aoyan, um, then the center, um, like we say, Kaminski, Itakura and Chao. Um, White back for me was the best player, uh, Aydin. Um, Parson um, as defensive midfielder. Um, then Salazar uh, next to him, Idrisi. And on the front, Bülter and Terodde. Okay. Jack? 
Yeah, I'd be fine with that. The only things I would maybe... We haven't seen enough of Sané, I think, this season to make the call. I think there's a chance that I would probably put end up putting Sané in the back three, but I think we need to see it before I could say it. Um, I'm still kind of fine with Drexler for the moment in the midfield, but I, I wouldn't be upset about Idrizi being there, and my opinion might change over the season, and I might be fully in Cedric's camp you know, sooner rather than later on that. Um, and I would also agree, yeah, I think Aiden over the course of the year has given you just a little bit more in terms of the ceiling than like Ranforce and the other guys. So I would probably give him the nod, but that position certainly isn't entirely locked down yet. Um, and, uh, you know, despite some other guys we've seen up top contributing, um, it has to be, you know, Tarada and Bolter. I think, I think the narrative that um, Schalke plays better without Tarada, like I, I understand where that's coming from. And I think there's some data points to support that, but like the guy had 12 goals in the first half of the season while missing a number of games. Like, yeah, he's, he's starting. Like, I mean, you brought him in for a reason. You're going to put him in the starting lineup. Um, you know, unless for some reason he goes on some sort of horrific drought and just doesn't look himself and kind of fades away over the course of the year. But yeah, it's going to be Bolter and Tarada. Both of them, I think are, are good. They can both create as well. They're not just scoring goals. They're assisting and setting up teammates. And that kind of combination play is uh, nice. And they provide a good complement for each other. Both are dropping a little bit deeper and kind of linking up and Toronto being kind of, you know, pinned up high and being the target man. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm mostly there with Cedric for sure. I thought the, both of you were going to say that Trilenoff and Pairing are at the top, but I guess not, huh? <laughs> no, uh, I, I think I'm agree with you guys. I mean, I think the midfield is going to be the question. Um, I think at the moment, based on the season so far, I'd slightly pick Drexler over Idrizi. But if Idrizi is going to play like he did the last couple of games, Idrizi for me. Um, and by the end of the season, I'm hoping it is Idrizi just because he does provide more of the offensive opportunity. But uh, yeah, it's uh, I think it's we're all pretty much on the same side here. I mean, I'd love to put Cherlin off in that starting 11, but where do you put him, right? Iden does really well on the right-hand side. It's a good compliment to Oyan on the left. Uh, Salazar has to start just because of his work rate. Um, and then Torota and Bolter up top. They um, I love seeing Bolter always angry, no matter happy or not. Or not. Uh, I love seeing Bolter out there. And then Tarota is a competent striker, which we hadn't had in a long time. And so, yeah, I think Trilinoff and Sané just missed the starting 11 for me, I think. so. One thing I did want to mention that I thought was interesting, and I love your the thoughts from both of you on this, is I think it's funny that arguably one of the highest profile signings for us was Donny Latza, and he was not included in anybody's starting 11 and i don't hmm. think any of us are particularly high on him at the moment so i'm curious just kind of like how you feel about that like how that's worked out so far halfway through the season once again injuries and stuff also contributing to that but yeah how do you how do you rate uh danny latza cedric because i don't i think he i'm sure is in the back room in the locker room he does really good stuff worthy of a captain and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go against Gramotis's pick for him as a captain but I think on the pitch, it's where he's not hes not as good as Paulson. I don't think he's good as Drexler. When he's been out there, he's not been not as good. Now, granted, he's been injured most of the season. But for me, he's, he's coming off the bench as a substitute. I don't see him in a starting role. What is your opinion on Dani Latza? Um, I think Dani Latza had a good preseason and a good uh, few minutes uh, against HSV in the first game. And um, after he uh, he get injured, um, you you um, see that the team um, wasn't like uh, before. I think he was a very important player for the squad in the first game. Um, but um, after he comes back from his injury, I think um, he hasn't the fitness level to help us. And I think it's it was. Um, um, too early to bring him in the starting eleven. Um, it's for me. It's it was early too uh, for the for as a, a substitution. So um, yeah, I don't understand why you put uh, in that time Salazar out and plays with Latza and Drexler. And um, I think when he gets a good preseason, when you um, when he gets a good fitness level, that he can help us. And I think um, maybe he can um, play in the starting eleven, um, but he has to improve himself and um, must show um, that he can play uh, that uh, that he play in the uh, Bundesliga uh, for Mainz. Um, when he play like the last mm. games um, we see from him, um, it isn't um, enough uh, to to play uh, for us uh, in the starting eleven. Okay, okay, 
Jack, uh, no, yeah, I think it's a fair assessment. Yeah, I think that's a fair and, and, and pretty measured measured take. I was just curious because I, once again, I think that was one of the higher profile people that we brought in, like one of the bigger names, and he's been not an important part of uh, what we've been doing so far. Once, yeah, some of that due to injury and some other things, but um, yeah. But the positive spin on that, as I've said multiple times, is what if he does improve? And once again, that's just more depth and, and additional options that you have in case things go bad. So these are these are good problems to have, and and you know. Rather have that than uh, be be searching for answers, I guess, off the bench potentially. Like last year, hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. All right, before we make our predictions, I'm gonna say it's good. That we usually give out awards in these mid mid season things, and I saw Reddit had this nice mid season award. So I'm just gonna say a category. You just tell me real quick what player goes in that category. All right, uh, let's start things off. MVP, Jack. Who's your MVP of the first half of the season? Oyan. Okay, Cedric. Uh, I go also with Aoyan. That's going to be all three of us. I think Thomas Aoyan was a fantastic player uh, first half of the season. All right. Most exciting player, Jack. Oh, yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> all Aoyan. Uh, most exciting. Um, yeah. This is going to be kind of a weird pick. I'm actually I'm actually going to go with Bolter. Timo Becker? A Bolter? <laughs> I'm just okay. gonna go with Bolter just because partially just because of his celebrations and the fa- <laughs> and the facial expressions. Like yeah. I don't think anyone brings me to like the peak of emotion than than Bolter does when he's celebrating a goal or something like yeah. that. So that's who yeah. I'll go with. But I mean there's a lot of I mean you could put Oyan, you could do Tarati, you could do Salazar. There's there's a lot of options there. Cedric, who's your most exciting player? Uh for me it's Zalazar in the midfield because yeah. um, he makes a lot of moves and dribblings and um he brings a lot on the field, like uh, shooting and passing, and he make a good, a lot of good stuff. Sometimes um, he make bad decisions, but um, he's very um, exciting. I am gonna go. Probably no surprise to Jack, but uh, for me, I'm gonna go Darko Cherlinov. I think the times that he's been out there, he's done some good things in the last couple of games. Uh, when he's been up top with Peringer, he's he's done some nice things and created a lot of opportunities. Um, He's not quite a mean Harit in terms of X factor, but he has a potential. If you bring him off the bench when people are tired, it may be a really nice compliment to have there. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Trillin off. Uh, let's. You're, you're you're finally exposing the depths of your fandom for Trillin. You've been I you've am. been flirting with it for a lot I of am. the season, but that, I, I think am. that was the dead giveaway. <laughs> <There it is. laughs> All right, best signing this uh, from the preseason. I guess we haven't made any signings yet. So let's go Cedric this time with you first. Who's your best signing this year? I think also Aoyan because um, for me he is the best left back or maybe the best player in the second division and um, you get him um, on a loan for free and um, you get the option to buy him. I think it's just uh, two millions. So um, of a player of uh, his quality, it's a very cheap price in my in my op- in my opinion. Jack. Uh I think I would probably say Oian. I mean, you could also say Toronto just because to go and get that kind of player, which we've been needing a lot over the last couple of seasons is huge for us. Um, but just to be a little bit different, I'm actually going to go and take a different slight angle. And I'm going to say um, Itakura, actually. Oh, okay. Just it, player that wasn't on my radar and I wasn't expecting us because he got kind of brought in a little bit later as well. Um, and yeah. uh, after the first couple games, once he got settled in, I think it's just been really, really solid and, um, you know, helped lock down that back three, which is for me kind yeah. of been, you know, the foundation that we've been building from for most of the season. So, and I think what we've seen from the Nord curve and really sh- the shock of fans in general, especially at home, they really embrace Itakura. Every time he makes those tackles, the crowd goes really wild. So everyone really loving Itakura. Um, I'm going to go a different angle. I'm going to give a shout-out to both Tarota and Oyan. Tarota tied for third in goals so far. Guido Berkstar leads the league in goals. Who would have thought? Uh, and Thomas Oyan, third in assists. So he's got seven this season. He's only one behind, I think, the leader. So there's the shots for them. But my best signing, I'm going to go from a different angle as well, Rovin Schroeder. I think none of this would have been possible mm. without Rovin Schroeder. He had a massive job on his hands. Coming into this, we had a team which – no one had contracts for the second division. We had to buy all these players with no money. And he made a team that not only is performing the second division, as Jack mentioned and Cedric mentioned, they're good enough to be promoted. And I think the, the work that he's done has been phenomenal for me. So that's the best signing for me because I think none of this would have happened without Rovin Schroeder, plus his celebrations with, with Buskins on the sidelines. I love that. I love that. I watched both of them together and, and, and Asamoah as well. So uh, let's see. 
Biggest surprise. Let's go Cedric. Biggest surprise. I think um, Memo Aydin, because um, it wasn't clear that he um, that we put him on the starting squad because yeah. um, before um, before the season starts, everyone was looking of Rumpfel. He was um, the the guy from the uh, Austrian league with the most assists or the most mm -hmm. crosses in the league. Uh, I don't know. And um, he was also a big signing, and um, I think nobody has expected that um, Aydin will um, go in the starting eleven. That's a good shout, Jack. What are your thoughts on uh, most surprising? Yeah, I think I think that's a good shout, just because. Yeah, when we had seen him previously, yeah, there were moments that we liked from him, but I don't think he had done anything that hinted at. Um, him reaching some of the performances he's had this season. Some of his better performances this year have been above what I would have expected him to be capable of kind of at this point in his progression. So I agree with that. Um, I think the only other one would just be once again, just the lack of um, some of the, the youth players being involved that we thought were going to be involved. That was a surprise for me just because so many of those guys got a lot of minutes down the stretch last year. And that would have been more sort of like bridging the gap in terms of the squad overhaul. There's yeah. you know a couple key pieces to kind of keep some stability and we just haven't seen that as much, but yeah, hopefully guys like Adrizi get some additional looks as we've already uh, talked about. Uh, the sexy pick on Reddit and a shout out to Reddit, all the people on Reddit, they're awesome. Those guys So definitely go to the Schalke group on Reddit, but uh, the sexy pick on Reddit was Kaminsky. And I'm not against that. I think he's been very much surprising. I didn't expect that from him. But another player that's more surprising for me, I think, is Marius Bulter. When we signed him, I felt like he was just a, a backup to Toroda. didn't know what to expect from Bulter. I knew of him from Union Berlin, but again, he all of a sudden became the second player with Toroda. A good compliment to him. He does so much for the team on the wings, at the striker position, and I did not expect that from Bulter, honestly. And I thought that having him up there with Toroda really helped um, create the opportunities because I think... Toronto couldn't do it by himself, and he needs someone to be next to him uh, to help take some of that uh, pressure away. And so I was pleasantly surprised to see Bulter kind of step up and take that lead position with Toronto in terms of the offensive line, offensive output. So that's my pick there. Um, you mentioned, Jack, the biggest surprise was the uh, lack of the youth team You know, this year. I think that's my biggest disappointment is that we didn't see more of the youth team step up. We started to see now Idrizi and, and Iden as well, but – there's some other guys we were hoping to see a lot more from the second team come in there and kind of assert themselves, and we haven't seen that. So that's my biggest disappointment. Uh, Jack, what's your biggest disappointment this uh, first half? Uh, just kind of like the way that Fairman just left the squad. It, it just it fe I feel bad about it. That's that's all. Um, yeah, I felt I felt like that switch was Awkward. sort of a little bit unwarranted in terms of the play on the field. Yeah. And it's not that like, if you want to say that, like, you know, Fresno's the better keeper, I'm not going to argue with you and say that like he isn't, but like, I, I just don't think, you know, there was that significant of a gap and, and given, you know, how loyal Fairman's been with like, you know, some salary and renegotiation things and, you know, still sticking with us in the second division. It was unfortunate that he had the job taken away from him as soon as he did. But what do you do? Yeah, Cedric, I think that's an interesting point because we, we at least here on the podcast, thought it was kind of unfair how that happened because usually if the goalkeeper plays poor, you understand that. But he wasn't. He was playing actually pretty well, we thought. And then Frazzle took over, and it is what it is. But anyway, what is your pick for the biggest disappointment in the first half of the season? Um, for me, it's uh, Danny Latza because, um, yeah, he was injured and um, lost the most of the games. But when he plays, um, it wasn't it wasn't so good. And um, he is the captain. Maybe he's the best signing from us in the summer. And um, I ex expected a lot more by him. Yeah, that's a good shot. I think we all expected a lot when we, we heard he was signed and becoming the captain and then it kind of disappeared. We're like, what happened? Granted, he was injury, but okay. Uh, no, I agree with that. That's good picks. All right, so let's go to predictions uh, and end this podcast. Um, second half of the season here, big time, big month ahead, and then we'll see how the rest of the season goes. 
Jack, we'll start with you. What are your predictions for the second half? And I will I won't ask you if you think we're gonna get promoted. I'm just not gonna what are your predictions? I, I don't have many concrete predictions um other than that. I I'm just gonna go for the ultimate result. I think I think we're gonna finish the season in third place and get the promotion game to get to get the opportunity to go up. I, I don't I'm not confident that we're gonna be over, able to overtake St. Pauli and Darmstadt. Um two teams that have been very good and also looked very good against us when we played them as well. Um I still have nightmares about I think it was was that the Hansack goal? The one yeah, where he like so. yeah, like like nutmegged on the first touch, yeah. dribbled through people. I mean, that was probably the best goal that was scored against us all season. Um, but yeah, I, I I'm just gonna be optimistic mildly and say I think I think we're gonna be at least there to get the get get the the chance, the one the one game playoff to uh, to go back up. And here's a little trivia for both of you, right? If we make it into third place in that playoff game, currently it's held by Augsburg, who just signed. Pepe, Pepe from uh, United States. Pepe, I don't know why I said Pepe. <laughs> so I don't know if I I, I, f- I favor us against Augsburg or any Bundesliga side at the moment outside of Groyth of Firth. So Cedric, your predictions for the second half? Uh, I think we will um, end on the second place because for me, San Pauli is definitely the the, the team um, who goes uh, in the in the first division. I think they will be end on the first place. But um, Darmstadt, I I don't think that they um, get the level um, above the whole season. And um, Hamburg, they will <laughs> go on the first place like always. But I'm very scared also of Werder Bremen because they change the tr- trainer and um, after that they uh, uh, win every game. And now... Um, and they have a team uh, which a lot of players from the Bundesliga, so they have a lot of quality in the game. When they don't lose lose uh, so many players on the on the transfer market, um, then I think they have a good team there. And I have a bit scared of Werder Bremen, but I think we will uh, go on the second place. Yeah, I think it's um, a lot of good teams in this division. It's going to be hard. You know, we, you mentioned Darmstadt maybe falling off. Regensburg started so hot this year, and then they kind of fell off at the second half of the first season, first half of the season. So hopefully Darmstadt fall off as well. You still got Hamburg, Nuremberg, a bunch of teams back there, uh, Werder Bremen as well, that could really cause some trouble for us. I, I, I agree with Cedric. I think that St. Pauli seem like they're on a mission. They've struggled the last couple of games, but they seem like they're on a mission this year to get promoted. And I know many people will be happy because it's the, it's the – what do you call it? The um, hipster pick, right? If St. Pauli going back to the Bundesliga after such a long time, I don't think we can catch them. And I, and I do not want to see us in the playoff spot because I don't favor us against the Bundesliga club. Like I said, so I'm hoping second place is where we're going to finish. Um, hopefully Toroto and the team going on a tear here, start off the, the Rook Runda on a, on a good streak here and then continue that on. Cause um, frankly, we can't afford it. And I don't know if the club can afford it staying in the league. Another, uh, another uh, season in the second division. Funny enough, uh, I play football manager. I don't know if you guys play football manager on, on a computer, but uh, they asked me who I predicted to come out of the, the league. And I said, St. Pauli. And St. Pauli's like, you're stupid. We're not that good. I was like, okay. Anyway. <laughs> All right. That's going to wrap this one up. It's been a nice long review of the first half of the season. Cedric, thank you for joining us on this, uh, on this episode. Always good to have you on. I think this is your third time. I think on with us or something like that, third or fourth. So, uh this is your time plug away your youtube channel anything you want to plug uh the time is yours my friend yeah thank you very much uh, to have me on your show um i love it i'm a, a great fan um i'm always um here at the podcast when i uh, driving to my work and yeah yeah you can visit me on uh, youtube on my channel um Schalke corner and also on tiktok or other platforms i'm on uh, every social media platform yeah, speaking of TikTok, didn't you have like a million views recently or something crazy? <laughs> yeah, it's a big number. I'm like, whoa, that's pretty cool. So, yeah, definitely yeah. give Cedric a follow. He's uh, much see content. And again, he, he he does German, but doesn't mean you shouldn't watch it. It's some really good stuff there. And uh, you'll probably learn the language if you watch him. So definitely give him a follow and, and definitely watch that. Jack, um, yeah, where can our followers find you? 
No, just let me echo real quick how Please. thankful I am for for Cedric popping on. Always good to uh, to have you on, and for us to have a guest on at all, especially for these these bigger kind of mid season review conversations. So thank you. Uh, yeah, and then as uh, as always, if you want to uh, follow somebody who almost never tweets, you can follow me at JM Mangan J M M A N G A N on Twitter. Yeah, this year has been a difficult year, and we relied heavily on our German friends because. Many of us who are out across the pond don't get to watch this fight the uh, as much. You know, Jack and I have been fortunate enough, and not many, not many of uh, the American and Canadian viewers have been able to watch. So we try to provide some of that content. And again, we, we try to steer them towards guys like Cedric and, and, and Kesti and, and Schalke Botschaft, those kind of guys who can always are always uh, streaming the games, providing content. It's anytime you can consume content for Schalke, that's when you should do it. So thank you again for joining us. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, we'll talk again soon, and for everyone who's uh, enjoyed the first half of the season, the second half is going to be fun. I don't know what's going to happen. We don't know, but we can only hope for the best. So until the next podcast comes and the next game, Blue Golf. Blue Golf.